Welcome to Unvarnished Mamas, the podcast about the not-so-pretty side of being a mom. Join our host, Amanda and Diana, as they talk about all aspects of motherhood, from parenting to education, and sometimes just having a little fun. We want to thank you for listening to our show, and be sure to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening, and leave us a five-star review. You can follow us on social media at Unvarnished Mamas on both Facebook and Instagram. Over on TikTok, we're Unvarnished Mama, no S, and our email is unvarnishedmama at gmail.com. Now, on with today's episode. back with you this week um how are you doing amanda (gasps) i'm struggling (laughs) this is the absolute most perfect time to be having this conversation Uh as you can hear there is an upset toddler in my lap Mm -hmm. we have missing toys um, we have been traveling nonstop. I'm just now getting this week's grocery order done, and mm-hmm. it's a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Feels a whole lot more like a Monday, doesn't it? He thinks so. Absolutely. Yep. Got all the Monday feels. I hear you. Um, we uh, listeners are going to be talking about momming during hard seasons, and Amanda and I are both in a hard season right now. Um. So at our house, we have fevers for the second time in two weeks, and we are all over it. We are like sick of it. I mean, mean, we're sick of it. Not that we're actually better. (laughs) We're just over it. We just want to be done. Um, So my youngest had a really bad fever about two weeks ago, and we could not figure it out. Nobody else was getting sick. We ended up taking her to urgent care. And she had a UTI, of all things. Um, I didn't know. She wasn't complaining about any pain or, um, like, struggling with dehydration or anything like that. So we got her on medicine, and she was better. And then now we're about a week and a half from that, and we have another fever. And we have coughs. And we have runny noses and stuffy noses and really grouchy attitudes. So... If you find yourself in a hard season or you just want to be prepared for the next hard season, because let's face it, guys, like they happen, like this is a regular thing. Um, Join us for this conversation. We're going to talk about some hard seasons that we've walked through recently and some really practical things to just help you um, cope with it and get through to the other side. And we hope that you find this encouraging and helpful as we work through those seasons together. I'm really glad we're going through this list because, like I said, we are having a hard season right now. And I'm remembering things as we were compiling this. And I was like, oh, I need to go do that today. And, oh, yeah, this is this is true. It's okay if we have to cancel these plans and do something different. Like, let that be okay. So, yeah, like Amanda said, I'm, I'm happy we're having this conversation today. So what are some examples of hard seasons that we're talking about? Um Obviously, Amanda just talked about one where she's been traveling a ton. Like, they've been gone a lot. 
and are just now getting home. And that transition from travel to home can be really hard. Uh, for us, some things that came to mind are teething. We thankfully aren't doing that anymore. But I remember teething. And it can just throw a monkey wrench in everything. Um, like we're dealing with right now, we just have sickness. Like we've got colds that won't go away. And everybody feels crummy. And you can't do the things you were planning on doing. Sometimes a hard season can be a brand new baby. Like that is beautiful and wonderful and exciting, but it's also hard. You have lots of sleepless nights. You have lots of adjustments. Your body is doing strange things. Your baby is growing and changing all the time. Sometimes a hard season can be you just had a death in the family. We have had several funerals um, on our side here lately, and we had just a year ago, we had my grandfather die, and that's a hard season. Your brain really isn't working right, and you're tired. Like, grief just does weird things to you. Maybe you're moving, and that gives you a hard season. Maybe it's just the beginning of school, and sometimes the beginning of school is really hard. So when we hit these hard seasons, there's some things that we can do that just help us make it through until we get to a smoother spot. Um, Amanda, do you have a hard season that you feel like talking about? Uh, yeah, you mentioned teething and the beast that is teething. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I need to talk about that. I need to vent that. Yeah. Also, my child is playing with the loudest toy that he has and he feels bad. So he has to be close to me. So I apologize. And for the record, I'm just putting out there, this is a Cocoa Melon toy, so Moonbug, Netflix, whoever owns Cocoa Melon right now, don't come for me. I'm giving you credit. <laughs> <sighs> we're not trying to rip off your music. <laughs> we, we're giving you full credit here. We are just trying to keep a, an ill child quiet. As exactly. quiet as possible. Teething has been a very, very, very long and hard season mm -hmm. for us in this house. He started teething when he was three months old. Like, mm -hmm. the day that he turned three months old, he started showing signs of teething. Um, with all four molars, we ran fevers. Mm -hmm. uh, and occasionally, he's ran a little bit of... Not even necessarily a fever fever, but he's ran warm mm -hmm. with a bunch of the other teeth. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, like, these teeth are both taking their sweet time and rushing themselves. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, he started teething so quickly. Mm -hmm. But... Even though he started teething at three months, we didn't actually get one breaking through the skin mm -hmm. until we were 11 months old. Mm -hmm. Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, and right now, we are teething all four canines. Oh, fun. At the same time. These are the last four teeth. And they are going to take us everyone out. <laughs> um, 
he is in so much pain. He's not even, you know how babies do like the screen cry that you hear him do occasionally here? He is to the point he is silently crying in pain. Oh, Bubby. And so that's just, it's so hard for a mom to take. Oh, he is, he, he is in so much pain. Like he's silently crying and he is starting to bite on his bottom lip. Oh. And causing that to bleed and get really bad, like, cuts. And so it has been so difficult right now. He is grinding his teeth because they hurt so bad. Um, and I feel like we've done all of the things. We mm-hmm. have done the amber necklace. We have done teething tablets. We do Tylenol. A little too much. Mm-hmm. Um, we do essential oils. We do like the chamomile. Things like that. We do Origel. I can't find a single thing. That helps all of these things at the same time. And now we're throwing our toys. So. Because. He is having. Such a difficult time. As mom, that puts added stress to me. Yes. And then our whole family, because mm-hmm. we are a family that is constantly on the go. Mm-hmm. There is always something happening. There's something that we're doing, somewhere we're going. And we plan these really fun activities for him, only for him to start teething and be miserable. Mm-hmm. The entire time. So that has definitely been probably the hardest. And now I'm having trouble finding a pacifier to help relieve the pressure. Well, one's at my so, house. <laughs> I think I've got like six out in the car. I was going to say the one at my house probably won't help you, but I do know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's been our struggle with this season. And Mm -hmm. I would love to say, like, here is a fun thing that we did. Or this is a way that we coped with it. But I can't because we're not. Right. We're not coping with it. We are simply just trying to survive it. Mm -hmm. Um, And you are surviving it. We're, we're getting through. (laughs) (laughs) We are here. We are alive. We stay so, so, so busy from October to January Mm -hmm. every year. Mm -hmm. There is not a single thing in my schedule that I'm willing to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I love every single thing. So much that there is absolutely no way I'm willing to give up one thing. Mm-hmm. But huh, we have holidays and birthdays and we have weddings and weddings and more weddings. Always mm-hmm. weddings. 
Mm-hmm. <sighs> a couple of years ago, there were three October weddings in our family, one of which was my brother's. Plus, we had mine and Shane's anniversary. Um, this year, there are two family weddings in October. Um, and, of course, none of them can be, like, in the same place. They're all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, it can be so hard to keep a routine when you are always on the go. Mm-hmm. And it's not just weekends. It's not just a couple of days a year. It is like this upcoming week. I was talking with my therapist today. Uh, Today is completely crammed full. I cannot squeeze one more event into my today. Uh Tomorrow, we have our quarterly big shopping trip that we take we have swim class we have my mom coming to visit which I'm very excited about because child care man absolutely let's do that um Thursday we'll get to see my mom for a little bit but then it's going to be catch-up day for a lot of things mm-hmm. Friday we're going out of state to Tennessee Uh, We're not coming back until Sunday. On Monday, I'm going back to my mom's to allow my side of the family to see E in his Halloween costume. And we're doing a couple of events back home in his costume. Mm -hmm. And then on Wednesday, we've canceled swim class and our trip to Lexington because E has a very big, very scary doctor's appointment that I'm not looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And that's just in a week. Yeah. And so it's not just, I have something planned two days this week and one day next week. It is every single day. Yeah. For three months. Yeah. That's how October's been for us. Like, there's not been a day where there isn't something scheduled. Although, we've just had to cancel stuff (laughs) because we've been sick. But there was stuff scheduled every single day pretty much this month. I think we only had a handful of days that there wasn't something on the calendar. And usually multiple things every day. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and like... That one I do feel like we are coping with because even though it's hard to keep a schedule, Mm -hmm. I'm adding more stuff to my list Mm -hmm. and more responsibilities on my part Mm -hmm. to make sure that no matter where we are or what we are doing, his routine is almost exactly the same everywhere we go. Right. I know when you guys came to visit us, you were doing a good job about, you know, we need to be back here for bedtime and this is our routine and we still do our routine even though we're in the hotel. And um, that's not, that's not easy to do, but you guys are being very conscious about it and very aware about it. Yeah. Uh, and then my last really hard season, we 
are hopefully going to be out of within the next six to 12 months. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it's a season that not everyone has to go through, but we, we chose this life and we wouldn't have it any other way. But this foster season. Yes. Um, well, and that might not be totally over. It'll just be over for E. Yes. Although, we're going to have to pray really, really, really hard before entering back into another foster season. Mm-hmm. Because this one's about to take us out, too. Just the constant worry and the unknown. But like I said, we wouldn't have it any other way. And there have been some new developments in his case that I don't want to share just yet. Um that lets me know, like, the hardest part is over. Mm-hmm. And now we've just got to sit and wait very patiently for our turn to go to court. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's pretty much all I can say about that one right now. But it mm-hmm. is definitely a hard season. And if there are any other fosters, or adoptees out there like you absolutely know what I'm talking about this period between meeting your child and signing a birth certificate mm-hmm. it's difficult mm-hmm. so some of my seasons are similar to yours like the very full seasons and the teething I remember that well it's been a while for us but I remember teething really well um, it's not quite the same but like newborn season is a little bit similar to the foster stuff, but there's not the, un, the, the tension. There's not the same tension, but there's all these news and there's all these unknowns that you're trying to grapple with during that season. Um, and like we talked about already, just the sickness seasons. Um, I think there's also, I, I don't know quite how to approach this and it's, I haven't articulated it very well, so please bear with me, but there's a season of loneliness that I think a lot of moms hit, especially if you're a mom who's transitioning from a very social work environment to a stay-at-home mom work environment. And while you're making that transition and you're learning how to make relationships, that can be a very lonely season and a very hard season as well. Um, I'm not in that anymore. But there are periods of time where I hit where we're not super busy, where we are at home a lot, and you realize, oh, what I'm struggling with is I just feel lonely. And, you know, I need to reach out and do some things to help conquer that as well. We're going to transition into what do we do for these hard seasons? We've, We've got an idea of what we're talking about. We're talking about sickness. We're talking about busyness. We're talking about seasons of uncertainty, teething. Um, where things are just uh, in upheaval. And sometimes the hard season can just be a Monday. Like, I don't know what it is about Mondays, but in our house, Mondays are so stinking hard. And that's pretty predictable. Like, I can see ahead and I can look at our week and go, okay, Mondays are going to be hard. I need to keep Monday simple. But do I always do that? Not really. I'm not always very good at that. Because there's sometimes things where I'm like, oh, art class. I really want my kids to be in art class. And it's on a Monday. So, yes, we're taking art class. But we probably won't do that next time. 
because <laughs> it's been pretty hard to have our Mondays and have art class. But some things that we do during our hard seasons. Um, my list got very long and I don't want to take all the things. So I'm going to list a couple of things and I'm going to turn it over to Amanda and we'll go back and forth. So one of the things, and I know it's really hard because Amanda just talked about a season where she doesn't want to miss any of the things. But one of the things is sometimes just canceling stuff. And that can be really hard. But right now where we are with sickness, we're just canceling stuff. And we need to. Like we just need to cancel the eye doctor appointment. We need to cancel the play date. We need to not go to church. We need to, poor, poor Tori, she's been wanting to go shopping with me for weeks and she just can't go. And not that those things are canceled forever, but they're canceled for right now. And it's easy for people to look at that when we're dealing with sickness and go, yeah, but you're sick. That makes sense. It's okay if you're mentally sick to cancel too. If you're just plum wore out, cancel some things. Take them out of your list. Take them off your schedule. Um, if you're overwhelmed, like if you just are having the worst day with teething and you need a chance to recover, it's okay to reschedule your doctor's appointment. It's okay to reschedule your visit with your mom. And maybe not. Maybe you need your mom to come and you go out and go to the coffee shop and she takes care of the teething. But if you're in a relationship where your mom or your mother-in-law or your sister or your friend, if they're not restful for you, if they're not helpful for you, it's okay to say, hey, we're having a really hard day. We need a rain check. If they're restful and helpful for you, yes, please go ahead and have them. But if not, if that thing is not life-giving to you and necessary for your mental health, maybe you need to cancel it. And maybe you need to do it for like a week. Give yourself just a whole week of just being home or just not having pressure on yourself. So that's one of my first things is canceling your plans. Um, my second thing is to reduce expectations. So in our house, we have the expectations of we literally have a checklist for our kids. And these are the things that you need to do in the morning every day. You know these are your things. And if you don't know what to do, don't come to me until this list is checked off. I can read it for you if you've forgotten, but we've literally been doing this for months and months and months. So hopefully you know by now. You got to brush your teeth. You got to brush your hair. You got to make your bed. So those are our normal expectations. But for the last four or five days, the expectations are you need to eat breakfast. You need to rest. You need to use kind words. But we don't have the same chore, timing, school expectations. So I'm using the example of sickness, but you can do that for yourself in any of these seasons that we're talking about. You're going to be gone for two weeks at a time, most every day. Give yourself a break with the laundry. It's going to pile up. Yeah, it's going to make a big laundry day, but you don't have to do laundry every day on top of all the other stuff that you're doing. Um, you know, just kind of giving yourself a break with your expectations. So those are my first two. Amanda, do you have some things that you do during your hard seasons that are easy to tell people about? During my hard seasons, I try really, really hard to be honest with myself about how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. 
I try to be very honest with myself about how I'm feeling. Am I a little too overwhelmed? Mm-hmm. Do That's I need? Me. Yeah. Do I need to get up and do this thing? Will I feel better if I just get up and put away that load of laundry mm-hmm. and feel accomplished and feel like I can go on with everything else I have to do? Mm-hmm. Or do I need to let the laundry sit there for an hour until my husband comes home and we can either do it together or he can watch the baby while I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, I also find myself meditating so much more between the months of October and January specifically. Um, Especially more so than I do during the summer because during the summer I have more help and I don't feel so overwhelmed. And we may have a lot of things scheduled, but I always have another adult there Mm -hmm. to help take some of the burden. Right. But during the season that we're in right now, I need to carve out time for me after everyone else is asleep Mm -hmm. to just maybe put headphones in um, and do a guided meditation. Lately, I've been moving away from the guided meditations as much to just do my own because I have less equipment. I can just mm-hmm. do it on my own as I'm falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes but, that's less distracting. Like you're able to really sink into it better. Yes. And last night was the first time in weeks that I have made it more than five minutes into a meditation mm-hmm. without falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And I'm sleeping better because I can take that time at the end of the night to stop thinking about what all I have to do and mm-hmm. where all we're going and how much pain the baby was in today and mm-hmm. how much he cried. So that's what I do. So meditations and being honest with yourself. Yeah. Were part, Knowing were part of yours. When yeah, knowing when I knew need to just get up and move mm-hmm. or when I can let things go for a minute. Right. Um, piggybacking on that a little bit, some really super practical things that often help me, especially like when I'm just feeling very frustrated about the season that we're in. And they, they sound kind of silly, but like, Give your kids a shower and fresh clothes, even if it's just fresh PJs, and help them brush their hair and brush their teeth and wash their face and get really clean. It can change how you feel about your kids when they're clean and dressed and brushed um, and change how you feel about yourself as a mom. Um, Doing the same thing for yourself, getting yourself a shower 
getting yourself into something comfortable, brushing your hair, washing your face, like maybe not even doing your makeup, whatever that is. If that makes you feel good, do it. But doing things that make you feel cared for, like on a very basic level, we're not talking about like a spa day. We're talking about get your body clean, brush your teeth, brush your hair, put on clean clothes, even if they're lounge or PJ clothes, clean clothes. Um, change your sheets and change your kids' sheets. Like this is a big one for me when we're going to be home a lot, usually because we're sick. Um, or if we've got a really little one who's still nursing, or if we're dealing with all those teething things, like having clean sheets, if you're going to be stuck in bed a lot, just makes it feel so much nicer. And yeah, it's a little more effort, but it's something where like, you're going to be spending a lot of time in that bed anyway, you may as well feel good about it. Um, so those are, those are two that kind of piggyback on the, like, do I need to just get up and do this thing or do I need to rest? And if I get up and do this thing, is it going to make me feel better? And that usually I found once I get the energy to do it, we all feel better if we can just get clean and have, you know, clean bodies and clothes and beds to be in. Um, another one is paper products. You guys, I don't know how much I've talked about this on the podcast, but we don't have a dishwasher. Um, I joke sometimes that I have three little dishwashers, but really I'm the dishwasher. Me and my husband, Chris, are the dishwashers. And if I have paper plates, plastic forks, plastic spoons, and plastic cups, that just takes such a load off of our dishes uh, inventory and our dishes load. And I remember hearing from an older mom one time and I was like, I think the dishes are going to bury me alive. And she's like, honey, for the next month, you just need paper plates. It's a little bit more money, but go buy paper plates and it's going to help. And I did it. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I don't have so many things to wash. Um, so that kind of fits in that, like simplify category, like reduce your load in any area that you can find. If you can reduce your dishes load, reduce your dishes load. If you can reduce your cooking load, like maybe this is not the week to try a gourmet meal. Maybe this is the week to throw a whole bunch of stuff in the crock pot and have soup. Maybe this is the week to pull out your canned soup. Maybe this is the week to pull out your frozen dinners and your frozen pizzas. Like simplify your meals and it might not be the tastiest or the most nutritious thing you could serve your family, but it's going to help your sanity. And it's much more important for your kids to have a mentally healthy and less stressed mom than to have a gourmet meal. Um, So those are some of the other things on my list. Do you have some more on your list, Amanda? Not necessarily, but I will Mm -hmm. say... I have told my husband before that him changing the sheets without my knowing it was my love language. (laughs) Without you having to ask for it or know it's going to happen. Yes. Um, We, I guess I'd been gone for a little while and I came home one evening and went to get in bed and someone had changed the sheets. And they just felt so comfortable and crisp and nice and cozy and cool because I want to be really cold while I sleep. 
mm-hmm. so that I can snuggle up with the warmest blanket I have. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love being able to have lots of blankets, like the weight from blankets on top of me is so comforting. The crock pot thing. Yes. Like that's what I've just done because mm-hmm. it's cold. It's mm-hmm. snowed today and no one is happy about it but my husband I'm very very upset my children are annoyed that it didn't snow here and I told them that it snowed at your house and they're like is she coming here is she bringing the snow here I would love to be able to give it your address (laughs) tell it to go north where Mm -hmm. it should be it should be here it should not be at your house in the north should not be here North of the Ohio the Ohio Valley. That's where the snow belongs. Yes. Um, however, it has snowed on and off all day here. It's insane. And so I really want soup. And I mm-hmm. told my husband, I wanted to make dinner this week because I want soup. And my husband does not make soup. If he does make soup, I wouldn't want to eat it because he tries <laughs> to elevate everything. And I love him, but I don't want elevated soup. I want good soup. Uh-huh. You want simple soup? Yes. I want, like, chili and chicken noodle and things like that. I told him that I wanted to cook dinner. And in my head, like, we are so busy. We have so much going on. I'm not going to have time to make, like, soup like I normally would let's just do something simple in a crock pot and my word it I told Diana just before we started recording it took me 45 minutes (laughs) to order groceries that were way too expensive Mm -hmm. for me to only cook one night but I know that because I'm planning ahead, even though the planning is driving me insane, once I'm in that moment and my child is having meltdown after meltdown and I am on my 12th hour of cocoa melon for the day <laughs> and I'm trying to keep the house clean and I'm trying to pack us for the weekend, once I'm there, once I'm At Thursday evening, it is going to be so great Mm -hmm. to just be able to walk over and dish out soup. Yeah. That has just been sitting in the crock pot for hours. Yes. If you're not already in a hard season, I highly recommend taking a couple minutes and printing off some of your super easy crock pot recipes. Like... Things that you put them in the crock pot and you stir. Maybe you shred some chicken at the end, but that's all you need to do. And that way you've got them set aside so that you or your spouse or your friend can make them for you when you hit these hard seasons and you're not in the middle of it. Like Amanda said, she knows her week's going to be really busy, so she's trying to do her planning up front. And that way she knows that's going to make that day that's going to be really full a lot easier, knowing she's just going to be able to go in and have her soup. Um, and this is the perfect season for the crock pot, like Amanda said, like, oh, I'm so excited. It's soup season. That I would have would be plan. Plan everything. Um, 
I have several notebooks and I keep a notebook in my car for like when creativity creativity strikes, mm-hmm. which happens a lot in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, that way I can take two or three hours to sit down. These are the things that have to happen on these days at these times. This is where I'm going to need to order in dinner that night. This is where I can cook, but I can't cook a big fancy meal. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the times that I'm going to need to schedule in some self-care. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if that self-care is a shower, mm-hmm. I'm working on scheduling showers in. Mm-hmm. because. I'm the girl that has to literally plan around her hair washing days. (laughs) And so I need to know beforehand where I need to be in the hair washing cycle to know when I need to shower. Should I shower in the morning? Should I shower at night? Mm -hmm. Um, Do I have all the products I need? Do I need to go shopping for new products? Do I need to Mm -hmm. order stuff? Like plan, Mm -hmm. plan everything. I think planning is especially important when you are in a season where your brain is overwhelmed with something else. So like planning for me is especially important this month where we're so busy. And like you said, this coming week, you guys are so busy. So that's why you're planning ahead. Um, The other times where I see planning is really helpful is, or has been, is when I'm in grief. And it's not like you can predict when grief is going to happen, but when it does happen, you can, like all of us have been there where your brain is just fuzzy. Like you can't think properly. So being able to sit down and methodically put out, okay, I know this is silly, but like, I need to get this meat out to fall for this meal tomorrow. I need to do this laundry. So I know I have these clothes clean, you know, like those kinds of things, they, There are things that you do without thought a lot of times. But when your brain is especially full with lots of activities or with grief or with um, just whatever life's throwing at you during that season, having that plan can help ground you um, and steady you in the middle of it. Like, I'm a planner, too. I love to plan. You know, I have all my notebooks. Um. I literally went through my notebooks this last week and ripped out all the old pages that I don't need anymore and reorganized them <laughs> and put some in folders <laughs> and figured out how many I actually have and which ones are empty so I can start over. And <laughs> I was kind of OCD of me, but I loved it. It made me really happy. Um, so yeah, planning. Definitely. I love that. So One that the same friend who told me to buy paper plates that she brought up is, um, so you're, you're in that hard season and your kid is melting down or maybe you're having repeat meltdowns and an acronym. And you've probably heard this before, Amanda, that she gave me with HALT and it's not exactly a hard season, but sometimes you see a lot of acting out in hard seasons more than you do in other times, or at least you feel them more in a hard season. And so halt means is someone hungry, angry, lonely, 
or tired. I so love I love that. Yeah. So I feel like in our hard season right now, with us being sick and missing out on so many things, I do see my kids acting out more. And instead of just being like, oh, they're just sick or they just have bad attitudes, ask yourself, are they hungry? Are they angry? Are they lonely? Are they tired? And fix that first before you start critiquing their attitude. And do it for yourself, too. Like, look at yourself, like Amanda said, be honest about your observations about yourself. And in this hard season, talk to yourself. Am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? And fix that first. Um, one of the Wrote things that... Down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think that we underestimate the tired one, um, especially for our kids, because they so often seem like they have energy that's off the charts. But they get tired too, just like we do. And my big old 10-year-old looks like he's too old for a nap, but you cannot believe the attitude change we will have after an hour of him just laying down and being quiet by himself. He doesn't even have to fall asleep. But he just gets a break and he gets a rest and his attitude is night and day different when he gets up from that. Um, um, I would like to interrupt you right here. Mm-hmm. to share another very fun Diana's oldest child story. <laughs> yes. um, I went for a visit. It's been a couple of years ago now. And I think the no, it was still all of the children because me and him specifically discussed it. I was thinking maybe he was just sick that day, but he was definitely fighting off a cold. And you were really going to be firm on this nap time. Mm-hmm. And he is fighting you on it. Mm-hmm. And even though it is totally not my place and none of my business. I feel like if I were in that situation. I would want the other adult present. To please step up and defend me. <laughs> so I was like, hey. Listen, naps are wonderful. Naps are these magical things that you dislike as a child. But Mm -hmm. when you are older, you are going to look back and be so angry at all of the nap times that you passed up. Mm -hmm. Like, I would love for someone to look at me and say, hey, go take a nap right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's do this. Let's mm-hmm. go. I can get on board. And he was like, "Naps are nothing but a waste of time." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna double down." What would you do if you didn't have a nap time? And he was like, "I don't know what you mean." <laughs> and I said, "Your mother looks at you right now and says, "You no longer have to have a nap time. Your sisters do." But you don't. What do you do? And his jaw drops and he's like, I don't I don't know. <laughs> and I said, What do you mean you don't know? You're fighting that times. Uh-huh. You've decided that there's all these other things that you would rather do. And now you can't tell me one thing that you would want to do in a nap time. Mm-hmm. And he was like, No, I'm 
not going to allow myself to even think about it because my mother was never going to say <laughs> that I don't have that nap time. Right? <laughs> And he so angry. So angry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) I love naps. He did not inherit that love of naps. (laughs) Um so with the halt, the hungry, angry, lonely, tired, I have an Amanda story. And I think it was you that shared this with me, but the prophet Elijah was in the desert and he's completely dejected. He thinks he's the only person left in the world who serves God and everything is too big and he kind of just wants to die. And the angel visits him, gives him food and tells him to take a nap, basically. And then gives him food and tells him to take a nap again. And eventually they send a friend to him. So he just needed a nap. Like, yeah, um, snacking a nap, man. A snacking a, a nap. Snacking a nap. So, you know, just being generous with ourselves and with our kids during those hard seasons and asking ourselves, are we hungry? Are we angry? Are we lonely? Are we tired? And if we are, like, resolve that first. Um. So yeah, that was one of my tips. Um, also, just the nap thing. Like, yes, you're a grown woman. And yes, you feel like you don't need naps. Like, you're my son. And you're like, no, I should not need a nap. Take the nap, mama. Like, sometimes, especially if you've been teething and they've been up all night and they're hurting. If you're dealing with grief. If you're dealing with unknowns. That legitimately makes you tired. You're legitimately tired. It's okay to be tired. Not against the law. You're not in trouble. Go take a nap. Like, it's going to change your attitude too, just like it does your kids. And it's a legitimate form of self-care to go take a nap. Um, that's a soapbox for me, but that's okay. We're going to keep going. <laughs> um... Also, yeah, one of Jesus's miracles. Uh, I don't know that I would have been as generous as Jesus in this situation. <laughs> Him and his buddies are on a boat. Mm-hmm. He is tired. He has had a very, very big day, and he knows that his day is not over. Like he mm-hmm. has already healed a woman with an issue of blood at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I. He, he's about to cast some demons out of some guy, like mm-hmm. a bunch of them, like Legion. And the man is tired. Mm-hmm. He lays down on a boat. Mm-hmm. He takes a nap. And here's his buddies coming in to wake him up to be like, <laughs> oh no, there's a storm. <laughs> and I, I could be remembering the story wrong. But I feel like they had to go to him a couple of times. Oh, they like were very insistent to wake him up. They had to (laughs) shake him basically to wake him up. Yeah. And then Jesus wakes up from a nap and is like, what this? Be quiet. Mm -hmm. And the storm went away. And I don't know what happened next, but I feel like in my head, Jesus probably went back to sleep. I agree. 
I completely agree. <laughs> and then he gets off the boat, and it's, I'm pretty sure that's when he had to cut some demons out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, oh, yes, I knew there was another thing that happened before that day. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a very big day, Mm -hmm. even for Jesus. He had healed a woman with an issue of blood. He had healed some guy's daughter from a distance, uh, the Mm -hmm. the Jarius guy. And Mm -hmm. then he, like, stops the storm on the boat. He's got to cast legions of demons out of this guy. Mm -hmm. It's a big day. Mm -hmm. Jesus needed a nap. Yep. You think you're better than Jesus? You don't Mm -hmm. need naps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's my soapbox for naps. Yep, big proponent of naps over here. Mm-hmm. I could, if napping were an Olympic sport, I would be a gold medalist. I'm pretty sure. Yep, I'd rock it. Um, another thing that I've learned that I end up doing a lot in hard seasons is apologizing. And this is its own whole soapbox, but like apologizing to your kids in general is its own soapbox. And I'm not going to go completely into that, but when you're in a hard season and you're under stress, you are going to say things that you didn't mean. You're going to lose your temper. You're going to possibly be neglectful of things. And it's okay and appropriate and even healthy apologize to your family when those things happen it acknowledges this was hard it acknowledges I could have done this differently and better and it acknowledges that your family deserves um what I'm looking for your family deserves respect um and it's okay to expect them to apologize to you when they're going through hard things too this is something that I feel very strongly that we model for our kids is apologizing like what is an appropriate apology um so that's one that I think you're going to need to be ready to do in a hard season or towards the end of it um obviously ask for help like I feel like I shouldn't even have to say it but I'm going to say it because sometimes we get in a season and we're so stuck in our own head that we forget that we have family and friends who would be happy to run that errand for us to pick up groceries to watch our kids for a couple of hours, to come over and do dishes with us, um, to come fold laundry with us. I've got a friend and bless her heart, every time she comes to my house, she does some kind of housework with me. Whether it's sweeping my floor, doing a sink full of dishes, helping me fold clothes, I can't name but maybe one or two times that she has come to my house and hasn't helped me with some kind of project. And it's just what she does. She just naturally does it. And then when I go to her house, I do the same thing. Like we just exchange that for each other. And I know that if I could just get outside of my head, I could ask her to come over and help me catch up on a couple of things or take the kids so I could catch up on a couple of things. Um, so don't forget to put that in your toolbox is asking for help because I'm sure that there are people in your life that would be happy to do that for you. And if there's not... Maybe you need to get some new people in your life. Um, Um, Or maybe you need to be that person for someone else so that they know they can exchange the favor. Your husband Mm -hmm. is my house cleaning person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He is. And like there are times where I'm genuinely ashamed that like 
this man had to walk into my house and he immediately started cleaning. Or oh, I hope you're not up, ashamed about that. Like we woke up and I sat down for breakfast and he goes over and immediately started dishes. Like, mm-hmm. and there are just times where I'm just like, oh no, I absolutely should have already done that. It it, it should not have been his responsibility. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I'm so deeply grateful. Like I'm grateful down into my bone marrow. Mm-hmm. But he makes sure that the dishes stay caught up. And mm-hmm. he will sweep my floor several times a day. He will pick up the toys several times a day. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, this is this is wonderful. He's exactly mm-hmm. what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, well, like, if you know me and you need a person to help mm-hmm. you, you have no idea how happy I would be if mm-hmm. somebody called me and was like, I'm having a really hard time. I need help. Can you just come over or can Mm -hmm. I come to you? Oh my gosh, I would be thrilled. Mm -hmm. Like seriously, legitimately thrilled Mm -hmm. to be invited to help someone with housework. Mm -hmm. Um, So two thoughts. One, my husband's love language is acts of service and he loves y'all. So of course he's going to do that. That's something he does because he loves you and that's the way he shows his love is taking care of people. Um, so that's, I don't want you all to feel shame about that at all because that's, he's just trying to take care of you. Like that's what he does. Um, and two, you are a two all the way. (laughs) So of course you're going to jump in and help somebody. And that's wonderful. And I love that about you. Um, and my friends that are listening, you've got twos in your life and Literally, like Amanda said, it would please them to no end to come help you. So a lot of times what's keeping us from asking for that help is ourselves. Um, I know myself, by the time I get to that point where I really need help, I am mortified by the state my house has gotten into or my mental health has gotten into or what have you. But that's when you need your friends. That's when you need your people and you need to reach out to them. And not only that, when you do that, when you make yourself vulnerable like that, you are showing them that you trust them and that they are valuable to you, that they contribute to your life, and that they can ask the same thing of you. And that's the kind of community that we all really want, right? That we have this community where we can be vulnerable and open with each other and We can offer and receive this kind of help. Um, So yeah, asking for help. It sounds obvious, but I know it's really hard for a lot of us to do. Um, I've got three more. (laughs) Um, I told you my list just got really long when I started going through it. Um, A big one for me is to get outside. And... That kind of sounds odd when I say it. Like, how is that supposed to help you in any way, shape, or form? Um, So, story for context. I don't remember what year this was. It's been several years ago. Um, We were still coping with trying to figure out what was wrong with Tori's stomach. And so she must have been probably around three. 
Um, and we hit a season where Ab and Evie were sick. Tori was sick and her stomach hurt. Chris had to go to work and couldn't stay home and help me. And I was fighting a bug as well. And we hadn't had any of our friends around or been around our friends for probably a week because we'd been fighting all of this. And I had been up all night with Tori the night before and she just screamed because her belly hurt so bad. And all of you mamas know when your baby is screaming because of pain, it is like the worst feeling. You have a physical sensation in your gut that just, I could almost throw up sometimes. Like I just, I want to take it from them so badly. Um, and we were just having a really hard day. There was fuss, there was fighting, there was discontent all day long. And the kids finally got settled. I think I settled them with a show. I couldn't get them settled down for nap. So I settled them down with a show, which was a treat for them at the time. And I grabbed my cup of tea that I just made. I grabbed my heaviest blanket. We're talking like it was January. There wasn't snow, but it was really cold outside. But I was like, I just need to be out of this space. I've been in this space constantly for a week. And all of the wrong things that are going on are staring at me and accusing me. And so I went outside. And we had our balance beam thing made outside. And I sat on our balance beam and just breathed. And I prayed a little bit. But mostly I just breathed and tried to not think. And I spent maybe 20, 25 minutes outside and I got some sunshine because it's January. So sunshine is rare. And it just, it didn't fix all my problems, but it fixed my mood. Um, and it helped to change my attitude and it gave me a break, but there's so many good things about being outside. One, you're changing your environment. Two, you're getting vitamin D. Three, if it's warm enough, you're grounding. And we all know how me and Amanda love grounding. Um, I or you're getting... Huh? I will do grounding in winter. Oh, yeah. Well, I was grounding. I was all wrapped up, but I had my bare feet on the ground because there wasn't snow. It was so cold. Um, you're grounding. Um, you're getting fresh air. Like, all of these things. And... Like we've talked about with 1,000 Hours Outside, nature itself is good for your brain and your soul and your body. Like, um, we know it's restful for your brain. Like, literally. There's studies that show even just having, if you if your office doesn't have an outside window, having photos of nature in your office helps reduce your stress level and your cortisol level versus having no windows and no photos of nature. Um so just get outside as much as you can, as often as you can, even though you're stuck at home. Even if you just take a lap around your house, like walk around the outside of your house. And if you can, barefoot, <laughs> if you can stand it. Um, like that is so helpful for me during hard seasons. And it's a really easy thing to do. All of us can do it. Um, it sounds cheesy, but the more nature you can touch, the better. Like if you can go grab a couple leaves. And smell them and crush them. If you can crunch some leaves under your feet if it's fall. If you can go barefoot in the grass or in the dirt or whatever. All of those sensations just help bring that stress level down in your body. And then if you don't already have a therapist. You know, it sounds like one more thing. But sometimes during a hard season, that's something that you need. 
is someone completely outside of your situation to talk to you about what's going on, especially if your hard season is something that's going to take a while, like teething, and you need some outlet there, or something very acute and out of your realm of normal, like grief. Um, this is a good time to get a counselor, or if you're not already in a hard season, but maybe you see one coming, or maybe you just came out of one, it's a good time to get a therapist and establish that relationship so that you have that person to fall back on when things get hard again. Um, and finally, this one sounds so corny, um, but I'm going to say it anyway, is gratitude. Um, and I almost, I kind of like cringe saying it, but we were just really struggling the last couple of weeks with the sickness and fevers and feeling isolated. And uh, two days ago, I sat down and just started writing things that I was thankful for. And you don't have to force this. You don't have to fake it. Don't write it down if it's not something you're actually thankful for. But once you get started, you're going to realize that there's so many more things that you can keep going with. And one of the things that I wrote down, I was thankful for hot water. Like, don't write it down if you're not actually thankful for it. But like that was that day I was like, thank you, Lord, that we have hot water and I can take a hot shower and I can have a hot drink. Like that was one thing I could find in my day where I was like, this is a good thing and I want to acknowledge it. And when you're acknowledging those good things in your life during a hard season, it can help the season not be so hard. Not that it takes away the hard things you're dealing with, of course, but it just helps you orient yourself in that time with a better mindset. So that was my last thing on my list. Like I said, I, I ended up with a lot of them. Thank you guys for listening and for going along with our meandering stories of hard seasons and what we do in them. I think that was a great list. <laughs> it was a big list. <laughs> If you guys would be interested in a copy of this list, I'm thinking about possibly making like a, a deck of them on Instagram if I can figure that out. Um, we'd love you to let us know about that. And um, so I know if it's worth putting the effort into because that's not my skill set, but I'm learning. Um, and we would love to hear from you guys. Is there something that we missed on our list? Is there something that you do when you're in a hard season? that really helps you um, cope with it or get through it better. Um, and thank you guys so much for sharing your time with us. Thank you very much for sharing your list with us. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, we so appreciate you guys listening to us and participating in our podcast. Um, if you get time, could you please, please, please um, give us a rating? That helps other people find us and gets us out there. And if you follow us to get our newest episodes, that helps us out a lot too. Um, you can find us over on Instagram at Unvarnished Mamas. We have the same name on Facebook. And coming soon, both Amanda and I are going to try and do some things on TikTok when I come visit her in October, which I'm excited and also terrified about. <laughs> I already have a list and have been practicing my dance moves. Oh no, that's not fair. I've not been practicing any <laughs> dance moves. 
I think we can rope Chris in on some of them. I was showing him the one that you sent me the other day and he's like, oh, that looks fun. And I was like, oh, good. You're going to do it with us then. (laughs) I love it. So my friends, I hope you have an absolutely beautiful week. Um, And I hope that you find joy in your unvarnished moments this week as well. We love you and can't wait to talk to you again soon. Bye.